0: Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully, you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience. And just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Promises to show up because he said, I will inhabit the praises of my people. So when we come to praise him, he's going to show up and we're believing for an encounter to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be refilled. How many need it to be refilled? Another feeling. Amen. You, whatever you need from God, when he shows up, man, he brings everything. And so I want to build your expectation over these three weeks. I started last week with um, this little mini-series, and I'm going to continue to do this as well. So in in Acts chapter 1, we read Jesus' last words um, here. These are the last words that Jesus spoke here on earth, and then he was ascended up. In uh, Acts chapter 1, we'll start in verse 3. And um, he's talking about Jesus here to whom he that's Jesus also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. He being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to what? Everybody say that word again, that four letter word that we all just love, (laughs) but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now he reminds them of the promise for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Look how easy they got their minds back on other things that fast. They went right back to Lord. Okay. The Holy Spirit's coming. But what about right now? What about this Roman oppression that we're having to deal with? Are you going to set us free from that right now? It's a good question. Look what he said. It is not for you to know the times or seasons, which the father has put in his own authority. But here he goes again. Changing their perspective again, but back to my story, you shall receive power by say power Power. when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the end of the earth in America in Belleville, Michigan in 2019, you will be able you're going to be able to go throughout all the world. God, change my situation. I'm not going to change the situation. I'm going to give you the power for you to change your situation yourself. That's what he's saying right here in Acts chapter 1. But I want to draw your attention to verse 4 when he says to wait. I want to title this message today, Why Wait? Why Wait? Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word I pray, God, that you would open our our eyes this morning, our hearts, our understanding today. Help me to encourage your people today that are waiting on you for a promise whether to be filled with your spirit or it's a healing or a loved one to come back home, whatever it is to God, those that are in your waiting room, Father, I pray that you would use me today to encourage your people to stay in that room, in that waiting room and stay expecting and waiting for the promise. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Tell a couple of people before you're seated. that Yes, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. How many believe that God has a waiting room? How many know that God has a waiting room? How many's in the waiting room right now? Amen. By the way, I just saw Jessica and Christian, I, I know they, they were coming this morning. They snuck in on us at 9.30. So good to see them today. And uh, I think God's brought the snow just for you today, Jessica. Amen. She loves the snow, and we're expected to get some snow later today. So whoever's praying for snow, stop it, okay? We've had enough. You see the summer? We want the summer. Amen. And uh, we want it coming. I know it's February. We're just going to have to get through this. Uh, But I want to speak to you today on on God's waiting room, on why waiting. I want to encourage you today to continue to wait. Uh, There were 500 people that Jesus appeared to over these 40 days. Everybody say 500. 500 people. How many were in the upper room? 120. Out of the 500, only 120 waited for the promise. We kind of get tripped up on waiting. We don't like to wait. And so Uh, I want to encourage you to do this today. A couple of scriptures, John 16, 7, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit to his disciples. He said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That's the helper. He said, I'm going to go to heaven, but don't be sad that I'm going to heaven because I'm sending back to earth the helper who's going to help you. How many need some help? He said, a help is on the way. I'm going to send back to you the helper. And last week, I, I taught you how the Holy Spirit helps us with our purity. He helps by changing us on the inside out. He gives us boldness. He gives us power. And, and, and if you weren't here last week, listen to that, that podcast, and, and uh, you'll understand he, where he talked about the helper. Now, here in Acts, Jesus is reminding them about the promise I want you to understand something. The Bible uses different terminology about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so many people get confused over what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is it about being filled with the Holy Spirit? And I understand why people get confused because the Bible uses different terminologies. But the experience is the same. For let me just give you a couple of examples. In chapter one, verse five, he calls it to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In chapter two, verse four, he refers to it as being filled with the Holy Spirit. In chapter six, it refers to, and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then it says in chapter 10 that the Holy Spirit fell upon them while Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius invited him over his house and he brought his whole family into his house to hear this man preach and Peter is talking to them and he's a Jewish man and those were all Gentiles which was a a very rare thing in those days but God was doing something. That had never been done before. He was bringing all people together. And this was a new thing for everyone to get used to. And so they're standing there listening to Peter preach. Just like you're listening to me preach. And while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon the people. How many people would love for the Holy Spirit to just fall on you right now? Why did it happen like that? Because if you read that chapter, you'll find that they had such an expectancy. Expectancy. Anybody could have got up and preached in that atmosphere, and the Holy Spirit would have came. The Holy Spirit responds to our expectancy. Hear me today. The Holy Spirit responds not to our need, but to our faith and to our expectancy. Help me today. And so while he was preaching in Acts 10, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. Chapter 10, verse 45 said he came upon them. Same story, but he's told in different ways. Chapter 19 and 6, he came upon them in many, many different ways. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a, when he becomes, when he fills you with the Holy Spirit, it's a personal thing for you and him. And so you may describe it in a different way. How many married people are in the house today? We all have this in common. If you raised your hand, you are married, but we all have different stories how we got married, how we met our spouse. And how that all happened and, and, and we're all married, but it all happened different. If you are a Christian, we all have been saved, but we all have a different story to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gift of praying in the Holy Spirit. Just like the Bible describes, it's the same experience, but it will be different every single time because he's a personal God and he wants to do so. And I'm glad that we all have different stories when it comes to our marriage. It would be so boring if we all had the same story. But I love to hear other people's stories, how they met. I had someone ask me just the other day, how did you and Melinda met, meet? And I said, oh, you've never heard the story. <laughs> and so I told them the story. I'm not gonna tell you that today. I'll tell you that another time. But it, it, it's a, I love hearing the different stories of how we met. Same way with the Holy Spirit. But here's the point. God desires that every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That was a good place to say amen. Come on, you have to help me today. God's desire is for every single person to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Where's that at in the Bible, Eddie? Right here in Acts, the next scripture. It says... This promise is for you and for your children and for all of those who are afar off, even in America, for all, even for, to all whom who the Lord Jesus will call. I love that. It's, this experience is for you and for your children. God is into families. God is into having Touch your family. He wants to save your whole family. He wants to fill your whole family. His desire is your whole family to be in church, your whole family to be filled with the Spirit of God. How many believe that? You know how that happens? It's not just really by bringing them to church. What really will make the difference, that's part of it. What really, do you want to hear the secret? is by us living it the best that we can at home. I'm trying to help you today. That's really what our kids respond to. They're not responding and looking at you in church, amen, and Pastor Eddie. It's the conversation on the way home. It's the conversation at home. It's the conversation when you go through a rough time and you are going through a struggle and and a time in your life where you don't even understand what comes out of you. That's what they watch. I don't mean to bring condemnation. I'm trying to bring instructions to you because you will not be able to live the life at home unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. So you and I have got a problem because we leak. You leak. Tell your neighbor said, Yeah, you leak. Life will cause you. To leak That can mean a lot of different things today. I don't I know. I mean, but you, 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 you leak out. You leak out. You're, you're filled with God, and you're so full of the Holy Spirit, and you love God, and you love the presence of God, even what we just experienced in worship. But you end up losing it and leaving it. So you have to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you're going to live this Christian life. And so Jesus said it like this, whoever is thirsty, come and get a drink. He didn't say, come and think. Come and get a drink. I said that because some of us get too intellectual for the Holy Spirit. I don't know about the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit work? Does he come into your body, your soul, spirit? I thought he already come. And you're sitting there, and it's like in science class all over again. You're dissecting the pig or the worm or whatever animal you got. And by the time you've done dissecting the animal, you can't even tell what animal you have. Some of us in our Christian theology have dissected the Holy Spirit so much, you can't even tell it's the Holy Spirit when you're in a spirit-filled worship service. I'm not getting no help this morning. So here's the thing. You don't have to dissect them. Just want him. Just say, God, I don't understand everything. How many understand everything? How many married people that just raised your hand? How many understand your spouse? None of us do. Been married a long time. Mom and dad, mom and dad. Many of you have been married for many, many years, and still the struggle is real, right? So what makes us think that we're going to have it all figured out When it comes to the Holy Spirit, this is just my introduction. I ain't preaching. You guys got to get more responsive at 930. Come on, shake the person next to you today and say, are you getting this? I know snow's coming later today, but you're in the house of God. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you to overflow in. He wants to fill you with, okay, let me get into this. So, so why does he make us wait? You ever ask yourself that? Why wait? God. Who likes to wait? Nobody likes to wait. We were blessed last night to go out to dinner. Uh, We had an empty house, and normally we'd stay home, but we went out to dinner. Went to God's favorite place, Texas Roadhouse. Uh, But apparently that's Southeast Michigan's favorite place, because how many of you guys were there last night? Everybody was there. I'm like, oh my gosh. Go home, people. If they opened another steakhouse, I believe it would be full. It's just amazing. Everybody goes to Texas, but well, we have to go. I, mean, I know it's gift card season, and everybody had the gift card. It was funny how that all happened. But they gave you that little buzzard, and I said, don't give me that buzzard. i want a table right now. And she said those words in about an hour. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. And it was probably actually, usually it's like 40 minutes when they say an hour. But anyway, I went into that waiting room, and it was horrible, and everybody was packed and just looking at me like, oh, here's a new one. And I come in, and I just sat down. But thank God there's peanuts there. And... But Here's my point. Nobody was happy in the waiting room. Even the lady giving the little buzzer, And people were coming back like I did. Even after an hour, I came back and said, I just want to make sure you didn't miss me because is this thing working. I Nobody's mean, ever done that. Yeah, don't judge me. And so uh, and he, and she checked it. She goes, you've been waiting an hour. It's probably in 58 minutes. He said, it's probably going to be another 10 or 15. By this time, Linda said, honey, let's go. It's like 8 o'clock. I, I, I got to get home. I got my phone. I'm looking at this message. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just wanted a simple little meal. Look, and she hated to even tell us to wait. Because nobody likes to wait. But can I tell you, when I sat down and got into that state, come on, Jesus. Hey, I was like, hey, it's worth the wait. Come on, tell somebody it's worth the wait. So, so here, if you're taking notes, number one, what I want to tell you of why you need to wait on God. Because there were 500 that Jesus said, go and wait. But only 120 made it. Only 120 waited, and not everybody will go through the waiting room, and God has a waiting room. Sooner or later, you're going to be in the waiting room, and some of you are there, as you said a moment ago, so whether you're waiting to be filled with the Holy Spirit, whether you're waiting to get from something from God, what can I tell you to wait in the waiting room? And so, the first one is, is this, is that you need what, his promise, what he promised, You've got to get it into your mind that you, you need what he promised. I had to sit there and make a decision at Texas Roadhouse and say, do I need to go or need to stay? And I said, this is the weekend I get to cheat. I need that ribeye steak. I, I, I need it. But we've gotten accustomed in our culture to a lot of times to say, to say no to extra things. Right. We, we have a, a it's easy to say to say no when it comes to extra things. And many of you are saved and on your way to heaven. And so when I talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you uh, you start to say, no, I don't think I really need that. And I want to tell you, yes, you do. In, in in verse right there in verse four, it says, and he asked them nicely if they felt like it to go in the upper room. What does it say in your Bible? He commanded them. Hear me today at this 930 service. He commanded them to go and to wait. You've got to get to the place in your mind that you need what God promised. Now, I want you to see something here. See, Jesus came back from the dead and appeared during 40 days to hundreds of people. They were full of joy they were full of emotion when they saw jesus they didn't really need nothing at that moment they were so excited remember when you first got saved and you first started coming into the church and the world and everything was new and new people new friends new relationships new songs and you just had a new feeling and man i mean the keys as soon as you walked in the pro, on the uh, property, you just—you're so sensitive to the spirit of God. You just, woo! You're so glad that you're here. Are you still that way? Because I don't think God changed. I don't think God said, "No, I'm not like that no more." What happens? Life happens. And Jesus knew that just in a few short days, the honeymoon was going to be over, and persecution was getting ready to hit the church. He knew that that warm, fuzzy feeling was getting ready to wear off. And so I know you're feeling really good right now. You see that I'm back from the dead. I know you're excited, you're emotional, but I know the emotions are going to run away. They're going to fade away. And you're not going to feel saved. You're not going to feel like going to church. You're not going to feel like reading your Bible. You're not going to feel like lifting your hands and worshiping God. You're not going to feel like getting in your car and driving 45 minutes to a church. On your only day off, To worship a God who your reality isn't as good as you praise the God in heaven. Can I get real with you at 930? Can I tell you 21 years serving the Lord, it's not all feeling. And so Jesus knows that. And he says, yeah, you're in a good place right now. Your marriage may be in a good place right now. Your finances may be in a good place right now. Your spirituality may be in a good place right now. But I know that there's going to come a season where you're going to be like what I told Peter. Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing to you right now this moment, but you will when you come out of this season. So i got to give you some power that's going to make sure you make it through the season when you don't feel nothing. Tell somebody I need it. You've got you to get it in your mind that I, I got to have what he promised. David was in the waiting room a lot. He's my go-to guy. Look what David said in Psalms 27. He said, I, I almost gave up. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, oh, oh. I almost gave up. In fact, I would have gave up unless something on the inside of me just kept saying, I got to have what he promised. And so I'm not going to get out of this waiting room because I can't live without what he promised. I can't live without my healing, without the spirit, without my breakthrough, without my victory, without my joy, fill in the blank preaching hard today. You got me screaming up here. Got a tie on and everything today. And it's only 930. Help me, Jesus. You hear me today? You hear this? You got to get to the place where you've got to have what he promised. You got to get desperate. You got to say, I got to have it. I got to have it. I, I, I can't go anywhere else. When Jesus looked at his disciples and many of them left him, he looked at Peter and his 12 and he said, are you guys going to leave me too? Where's that at? John 6, 6, 6. Ooh, it's just a number. But I remember that because it's John 6, 6, 6. Really, it's a message I've preached called the point of no return. And basically he was asking his disciples, are you going to leave me too? And Peter spoke up and said, no, we've done crossed the point of no return with you, Jesus. I ain't getting no help this morning. Uh, Jesus, I'm not going to leave you because I've done crossed the point of no return. Have you crossed the point of no return? Or are you still kind of "Eh, maybe, you know, you know, nothing else going outside. It's cold in winter. I better go to church or, or I got my little ones and I want them to serve God. So I'm going to bring them to church. So many different reasons why we come to church. I'm telling you, (laughs) the storm's going to come. Silent season's going to come. And if you don't have what Jesus is telling us that we need, you ain't going to last. The next chapter, he told them, Joel stood up and said that this is that what Joel prophesied. That in the last days I'm going to pour in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and blood. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and dream dreams and see visions. And then he starts talking about the sun turning dark and the moon turning to blood. What's he saying? If you look at that, he's saying there's some dark times coming in America. Some dark times coming in the world. I'm not being doom and gloom today. I'm just trying to instruct you and let you know that God didn't leave us empty handed in these crazy times we're living in. I'm going to. give you power yes. to make it through the season. Yes. Come on. David said, I would have lost start. I would have gave up, but I kept believing that I, I'm going to live. I'm going to see the goodness in the land of the living. I, I, I'm not going to give up. You may give up, but I ain't giving up. I'm not going to give up because I know I need what God promised me. Until you get there, then you're going to say, I really don't need that. I, to be honest with you, I wasn't going to wait another hour for that steak. I love steak, but I need to get home and get some sleep. That's a more priority to me than my steak. But you got to get to the place when it comes to God, and whatever God offers you, you can't say, I need it later. I may That's for them. That's for Pastor Eddie. That's for Melinda. That's for Roger. That's for Carissa. You need to say, God, whatever you got, I want it for me. I want it for me. I need it. I need it. I need it. And then he says, wait at the end of their wait, I say on the Lord. Now he's he about ready to give up. Now he's telling us to wait. Why? Because he says, I've been through that struggle and I can tell you, I did see the goodness of the Lord. I did. It works. So you need to wait. And then the Hebrew, that word wait means to wait in faith, wait in expectancy, You see, that makes a difference when you're waiting on the promise. Jesus said, I want you to go wait for the promise. When you realize who the promiser is, it will change the whole way you are waiting. You ever have to wait for somebody who you know is not dependable? How many, you know, come get me, and you're like, just in case, I better call my aunt. I better call my, my neighbor. Why? Because that person has let me down before. So you're really not in expectation. In fact, some people you may know show up, and you're surprised that they even showed up. I mean, know what I'm talking about today. If you're with them today, just look right at me and smile. You can't depend upon them for a ham sandwich. I mean, it's just a way, it's just a way that it is. But let me remind you of who promised the promise. When everybody else can fail you and let you down, let me tell you that God has never broke a promise, not one time. Not one time. There's nobody in the Bible that you'll find that served God with all their heart. But God never came through to them. You'll never find one. But you'll find many people who gave up right before. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Right before the breakthrough happened. Judas, right there. Just another week. He could have waited and waited. And he, couldn't, he didn't have to be the one. So many in the Bible gave up right before they came Number two, God gives us purpose in the waiting. I want to help you today. He gives us purpose in the waiting. When you're waiting on God, there's a purpose for your waiting. He doesn't waste anything. I said he don't waste anything. He, the, it, but it is a waste of time to wait for other people. It, it is a waste of time. How many ever found that out? You've waited for something, and it ended up being a letdown. I mean, come on, raise your hand. You waited in line at, at uh, Friday after Thanksgiving, waited out there. I've seen some of you with your tents and everything, a little warmer. Couldn't wait to get that game. <laughs> Got to have it. Trying to break a deal, and, and you make a good deal. And so, some of them are good deals. Hey, I've been out there before. Not, until 3 o'clock in, in the morning, but I've been out there, and, and you get some. But sometimes you, you wait for, for something. I remember when I was a kid, I, I ordered, my neighbor had this catalog where you can order BB guns, and this BB gun was like a Uzi. It was like a, an automatic little BB gun. Pray for me. I had problems, and, and, so, and so we ordered it, and, and uh, I was working at T's Pop Shop, my first job ever. I was a bottle boy there on E-course on Jefferson. It's now Paco's Taco, and uh, it was mom's kitchen, but it used to be a T's Pop Shop back in the day. And I was the bottle boy there, and he would pay me cash for doing the bottles. And um, anyway, and I bought this uh, this thing, and it, and this little gun, and it came. I remember I, f- I waited every day. I was waiting for I-, I was looking for the mailman. I mean, you know, what kid looking for the mailman? If you're expecting mail, you're going to look for the mailman. And anyway, he came, and I remember coming home from school, and there was a big yellow envelope packed into the um, Mailbox, and I just knew that. I mean, it couldn't fit in, it was just jammed, big yellow envelope. And then I got it, and I ran next door to my friend, and I recognized the name, opened it up, had the bubbles in it, you know, the pop, 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 and out slid this cheap plastic. <laughs> cheap, I mean, the bullets were all connected to one little thing, and you had to do one of these. Psh, and you popped it in. True story. I'm sitting on his porch, and I went to go shoot it. and went, and just broke in pieces. Spring went flying out. Thing cost me like $17. You know how much $17 is, is to a 13-year-old? I said, what? I might as well just throw this at somebody. If they want to come at me, then, then throw it. You've been disappointed. How many has been Disappointed. I'll never, never forget being disappointed. And sometimes the enemy will cause you and will remind you the last time you waited for something and it didn't happen. Why did I remember that? When I can tell you there were a hundred times when I expected something and got something even better than what I expected. But I struggle to remember that. But I can remember every single time I was let down. Same way the enemy tries to remind you. Remember last time you went after God? Remember last time you tried to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Remember last time you was waiting on that healing, that breakthrough, that, come on. That's true. You need to say the devil is a lie. That's right. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because God is a faithful promiser. Yes, there are things that happen in the waiting room. I want you to see chapter, or verse 13 through 26 is like a, a unimportant portion of scripture. It's, it's what happens when they're upstairs in the upper room waiting on God. It was, it's kind of like a boring description of some things that happened, and it's, it seems unimportant, just like waiting seems unimportant. But when you're waiting on the promise of God, you realize that God is not a waster of anything. There's just a few things there, but in verse 14, it says that they all met together and was constantly united in prayer, along with several other women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, it starts in verse 13 with a list of names. Again, it seems unimportant why he would go through all of this problem and give us a list of names of people that's in the upper room, and then he says, and the women were there, and... And then I began to read that and take a little closer look, and I said, yeah, there is a reason that God has already begun to do something in that upper room. If you don't understand the culture, you'll miss it. It was very rare for men and women to be worshiping together like that. And as far as the brothers of Jesus go, they did not even believe that Jesus was the Messiah until after his resurrection. So God said, this is what I do in the waiting room, Eddie, is I will bring people who you thought would never be with you in the waiting room. Can I get some help? And I, I I, will, when you're waiting for a promise of God, I will bring people into your life that you thought you would never have with you in the way. But I want to bring people, they're strangers to you now. They're people who you don't even see. I, they might not even be walking with the Lord. But if you continue to wait on my promise, I'm going to bring some people in your life that you thought would never be there just to help you wait. Luke said, I need to let everybody know that what was happening up here was a miracle before the promise ever came. Because by the way, before God gives you the promise, he'll give you the grace. Let me say it like this, before he gives you the power, he'll give you the grace. So Luke said, I need to make mention that what is happening here is is an undeniable miracle. We're just waiting on God, but I need you to know that the women were there too. They normally don't come and the brothers of Jesus who did not believe in Jesus. Oh yeah, they were there too. So I want you to see that there is a miracle happening and a miracle can happen while you're waiting. The next verse says Peter stood up in the midst of them and said, "Brothers and sisters, we need to get together and select a new name to take Judas's place." But it says Peter stood up. This is the first reference to Peter's leadership. Why? Because leaders only emerge in the waiting room. I don't know if y'all got that today. Anybody can come in and get something. You want to really get victory over the devil? Wait him out. (laughs) I ain't getting no amen. I don't know, man. You read it. Jesus was in the will, John the Baptist was in the wilderness until his appointed time. What was he doing? He was waiting. He was waiting. Jesus was making tables and chairs. This will blow your mind. People were dying out front of his door. People were still blind. People were still sick. People still needed miracles. Jesus knew that, but he stood there still making tables. I don't know. You boys getting something out of this? Yes. When's my time, God? When, when am I going to do it, God? When am I going to do it? And we try to help God. I just need to help Jesus. I'm going to kick this door down. You Go ahead and go out there without Jesus. I'm trying to help somebody. Moses didn't learn a lot of things, but that was one thing he learned. He said, Moses, if I, God, if I've learned anything is this, I don't even want to go into the next season of my life, which is the promised land, unless I have you with me. Oh, I'm trying to help you today. Leaders emerge. It says Judas was replaced. Judas was replaced. This all happened in the waiting. <laughs> this all happened in the waiting. Judas represents the devil, the enemy, and God said, you know, it's during the waiting I replace what, God, what the enemy stole from you. I'm going to get you excited about the waiting room. They didn't get restored when the Holy Spirit came. By the way, the Holy Spirit, when he came, that wasn't the birth of the church. The church was already assembled in the waiting room. They were simply waiting to be empowered. You see, God said, I'm going to replace the enemy. I'm going to replace what the enemy stole in the waiting. Let me say it like this. He would place even some of your desires in a waiting. You ever wait for something, and at the beginning you just thought you had to have it, your kids may have asked you from Thanksgiving what they wanted for Christmas, and by the time you ate your Thanksgiving dinner, they done forgot what they wanted and what they needed. There's something about waiting that causes you to really get serious about what you're asking God for. I'm not getting no help at 930 this morning. God don't want you to shoot up a prayer request and say, God, I need this just because you saw somebody else. God says, I want to know that it's something that you've been fasting on. It's something you've been praying on. It's been something you've been waiting on. You've been asking me since January of three years ago, and you didn't get it this Christmas. Guess what? You're back in line saying, God, I still want it. He's changing those, those desires in the waiting room. Some of those things that you think you need, you ain't really need them. God ain't going to give them to you, but you got to learn that lesson. So he says, I'm going to put you in the waiting room. <laughs> oh, man, if I had some time, I'd tell you some crazy. I've learned. I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm preaching to myself. This, this, I'm not only a spokesman. I'll say it again. I'm, also, I'm not only a client. I'm a spokesman. Listen, I've, I've had to learn some things in the waiting room, and I've learned that you never outgrow the waiting room. When you come out of the waiting room, it's all, you're like, your victory is here. Hallelujah. You're encouraging other people. Then all of a sudden, right back in there. Got a new number. I've been through this, God. I've been through this. And David was anointed by, by Samuel to be the next king. Hear me. 22 years later, he sat on the throne. I'm trying to help somebody. Abraham, I'm gonna make you a father of many nations. 15 years later, he said, Okay, Sarah, listen. Actually, it was his wife. They said, I got an idea. It's almost as bad as hold my fago. He thought I was gonna say something else. Whenever God hears us say that, I got an idea. God's like this. I I know there's a meme. If we could see God like this, he'd have all kind of memes. Well, God, if you ain't going to do anything, Abraham's wife said, take my best friend. Uh Uh (laughs) It's in the Bible. The Bible's hilarious. (laughs) Abraham was like, okay. (laughs) Seriously, though, we've got a problem in the Middle East to this day. Because of that decision. just don't have time to break that down for you today. So in other words, you try to get out of the waiting room too soon, you're going to get out. But you ain't going to have him with you. What's worse than waiting on God is wishing you had. I need you all to stand with me right now because I'm about to shut this down. If I don't, we're going to go for three hours, I'm telling you today. Worship team, won't you come up here today and help us out? And I want to leave you with this last thing about why wait. Because God has his own time. In Acts chapter 2, you can read it while you're standing if you still got it. If not, listen. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house, and everybody there was filled. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues and something they've never even did before in their life. They never had that ever happen. They've never seen that experience before. Sometimes we think it's all about the tongues, and it's all about the prophecy. By the way, Jesus never said, go to the upper room until you speak in tongues. He said, go into the upper room until you receive power. When you receive the power, that prayer language comes. I've learned to pray in the Holy Spirit when I don't feel a thing. We think it's all emotion. Woo, you had church. you just got excited. i do the same thing when the Lions finally win. I mean, we we have those times, and it's okay to be excited, but I want you to know, God says, I want to go past the way you feel. I want to go past your emotions. I want to go past your intellect. I want to go past your traditions. And I want to get deep down into your spirit. And when he does it, he says, I come like a mighty Russian wind. Why? Because it's this. Listen to me, last quote. Because when it's not God's timing, you can't force it but when it is God's time and you can't stop it. Jesus. Who am I preaching to this morning? Who am I preaching to this morning? Lift those hands to him right now in this place. Father, we're not wanting an experience so we can say we are Pentecostal. Some of us are more in love with our doctrines than in you. Father, we we don't want to just check another box. We're living in the days today that needs more than just a name or a religion or a denomination or a style or a fad or a tradition. Father, we need your Holy Spirit. for your people right now in Jesus name in this service father that we would continue to wait wait with expectancy God help us to see the changes that you're bringing while we're waiting to wait to the outpouring service. You can get filled today. You can get filled in the morning. You can get filled at any time. I just want to encourage you to wait. Wait forever. How long it takes for you to get your breakthrough? Wait. Wait. Come on, Let's worship. Let's worship. Wait. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.